Matthew 15, verse 21. Are you ready? On your marks? Not that it's a race or anything. Get set. Here we go. Reading from the New King James. Then Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon. And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried out to him, saying, Have mercy on me, O Lord, son of David. My daughter is severely demon-possessed. Now, that's not just demon-possessed. That's severely demon-possessed. And he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him, saying, Lord, help me. But he answered and said, It is not good to take children's bread and throw it to the little dogs. Whoa. Verse 27. And she said, Yes, Lord, and even the little dogs eat crumbs which fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered and said to her, O woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed from that very moment. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would move in a marvelous way, releasing to us faith on this Mother's Day. Thank you. For all that you've done today and all that you did this morning, what you've done in the time of worship, move in power tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. This is a, a text that is a favorite passage of ours because this mother was able to overcome a fence and get her miracle. And we've preached from this text regarding a fence and how she was able to overcome and Offense will always come to us that's just common to being in the earth, being a human being. This mother was self-sacrificing, didn't really care. You could say whatever you wanted about her. She wanted her miracle for her daughter. You know, there's something about children, and if you have kids, you'll understand what I mean. There's just... Don't cross over the line to mess with your kids. If somebody crosses the line to mess with your kids, that would be a bad day for them. And so this mother, though she's come to Jesus, she's really rejected. and She overcomes all kinds of obstacles. And your life, my life, our lives. We have to overcome obstacles. There's lots of obstacles to overcome. Just a few that she overcame one, she overcame the fact that she was a woman. You say, what are you talking about? Are you prejudiced? I'm not, but I mean, in, in the first century, it wasn't uh, the greatest to be a woman. Female. Females were not able to vote. They weren't able to work in the temple. They couldn't be priests. They, you know, they, they, they really, they couldn't. And so she had to overcome that. She had to overcome her race. It says that she was a Gentile. Tyre and Sinai, a Canaanite woman. A Canaanite woman. She had to overcome her, her race. Because they were prejudiced. I don't know if you've ever run into somebody who's prejudiced against you in the color of your skin. I have. Plenty. In the Hawaiian Islands especially. She had to overcome that. She had to overcome her past. The very fact that she was what the text calls a Syrophoenician woman. A Canaanite woman. Meant that she came from a long line of pagans. 
How many of you thankful for your godly heritage? You remember there's somebody huh, got a godly heritage out there? Great, praise the Lord. She had a long line of idol worshippers. She had to overcome that. She had to overcome silence. Jesus answered her not a word. You see there in the text in verse 23. But he answered her not a word. Wow. The silence of God. You know, when God is silent, he's sure saying a lot. She overcame rejection. I really think the longer I'm, the longer I minister to people and help them, Walk in victory. Rejection is probably one of the biggest wounds that people have. Being rejected. Really can start in the womb. A woman gets pregnant perhaps and she discovers she's pregnant and she, praise God, isn't going to get an abortion. But all she can think of is, oh God, the last thing I need is a baby. And so immediately that rejection starts to get in the womb. Some of you struggled with rejection all your life. And it might very well be that that root started all the way from your mother. Maybe you weren't planned. But she was able to overcome rejection. How did she overcome? She overcame by faith. Confident assurance. And Jesus commended her in her faith. And you'll see that Jesus commends, really, there's only two people spoken of having great faith. It's this lady right here. And if you'll turn back just a couple chapters in Matthew... Chapter 8, verse 10. The faith of the centurion, which is kind of an oxymoron learning faith from a Roman centurion. But Jesus says, when he heard it, he marveled and said to those who followed, Assuredly, I say to you, verse 10 of chapter 8, Matthew. I have not found such great faith. There's only two people in the Gospels that are recorded to have great faith. It's this centurion and this Canaanite woman. And she's a picture of what faith in Jesus can do. You read Hebrews 11. We, we read Hebrews portions of Hebrews 11 this morning. It's just amazing. People are able to overcome, receive back the dead to life again. They're able to overcome and move forward. Miracles, signs and wonders. Faith. Without faith it's impossible to please God. This woman, this Syrophoenician, is a, a picture of what faith in Jesus can do. She teaches us about faith. How many want to learn about faith tonight? Just for a few moments as we look into the Word. Faith is perseverance. Everybody say faith is perseverance. Persevering. That means not quitting. We have trained our kids and in our family that we just don't quit. I quit. That's, we're not allowed to say that. And just that, that's, you know, my, my family, Brackens. You, you don't say I quit. There's no such thing as saying I quit because we just don't quit. Ever. There's no such thing as quitting. What are you going to quit to? Where are you going to go? Come on, Hannah, give me an amen. All right. Faith is perseverance. I want you to turn to Luke now. Luke. Luke, uh, well, there's many examples, but we'll look at Luke 18. Faith is what? Faith is perseverance. Say it, faith is perseverance. 
the Syrophoenician would not stop. Luke 18. Go to verse 1. He spoke a parable to them that men always ought to pray and not lose heart. There was a certain city, a judge, who did not fear God nor regard man. Now there was a widow in that city. She came to him saying, Get justice for me for my adversary. And he would not for a while. But afterward, he said within himself, Though I do not fear God, God nor regard man, yet because this widow irritates me, it does, it does actually, that's the amplified version, yet because this widow troubles me, I will avenge her, lest her continual coming she weary me. And the Lord said, Hear what the unjust judge said. And shall not God avenge his own elect who cry out day and night to him, though he bears long with them? I tell you, he will avenge them speedily. Nevertheless, will the Son of Man, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? Now listen to me. Faith is many times very ambiguous to believers. From this parable, what Jesus is saying very simply is if you have faith, you are not only persevering, but if you have faith, you pray. Now, this is what he's saying. He's saying that if you have faith, I tell you the truth, you will eventually speak. Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find faith on earth? The parable is about a woman who's praying. She's petitioning a judge, but it's about us. Most of us aren't widows. We have a few widows. God bless you. But it's about us coming before God who's not unjust day and night. It's a picture of day and night prayer. It's a picture of constantly petitioning and requesting God's justice in our lives, justice in the community, justice in our nation, crying out day and night. And it's a picture of faith. Will the Son of Man, when He comes, in other words, when He comes the second time, when He returns to the earth, will He find faith in the earth? He's talking about prayer. If you have faith, you not only are persi- persistent or persevere, you pray. I know you might not like that, but if you don't have a prayer life, it really is a picture of the fact that your, fair, your faith is lacking. Faith comes by in hearing, in hearing by the... Now, there is a gift of faith that just comes. It's a gift. It's perfect. You can drop in, you can declare something, and it happens. Bam! I love the gift of faith. It's great. May God give us that more often, continually even. But there's a principle here from Luke 18. It's a picture of day and night, night and day prayer, number one. It's a picture of perseverance, number two. Number three, faith, people that have it, they pray. Okay, I know you're getting convicted, so I'm going to move on. So faith is, faith is perseverance, but faith is also perceiving. Perceiving. You'll notice back in Matthew now, Matthew 15, the main text that we're looking at, that she calls him the son of David. She perceives him accurately. She understood the, the parable of the dogs, which is amazing. He basically called her dogs, which Gentiles were considered. And the timing of Gentiles and the release of the power of God and the miracle of God and salvation and deliverance and healing, that was going to come. But Jesus first came to the house of Israel. And so she's getting her miracle basically out of time. 
because she understood. She had faith. She persevered. And she perceived who he was. Who you perceive Jesus to be, who you perceive God to be, will determine how you walk in your life. Who God is, is the most important question you can have in your life. If you think that Jesus is anemic, that he loves you, but he loves you from afar, he's like a loving slave owner maybe, maybe to help you maybe occasionally, your perception about who God is is skewed. It's, it's distorted. I've been, I've ministered in mental hospitals. And in, in those mental hospitals, my experience there was every single person, now I don't know this for sure to be the truth, but every single person that was in the mental hospital, everyone, they all had a distorted picture of God. Every one of them did. Every one of them were skewed in their thinking about who God is. And if you're distorted in your picture about who God is, then your walk will be distorted. Come on, somebody say, I'm going to read my word. I'm going to know God. Yes, know Him truly. Try to. It's a, it's a lifetime journey. She understood the parable, the covenant rights around the dinner table of God. She understood where she was. And she still perceived Him to be good. She knew that God was good. We've said this so many times before, but God, good. Devil, bad. That is the greatest revelation that we could have tonight. God is good. God, good. Devil, bad. Hey, she knew that God was good. And she humbled herself. She bowed before Him. It's really the great paradox of, of the kingdom. You humble yourself. You'll be exalted. Give, and it'll be given to you. Lay down your life for His name. You get one. They're all paradoxes. It's amazing. And her faith, this, this woman who teaches us about faith, this mother on Mother's Day teaching us about faith, released God's power. Released God's power. Faces a, a tremendous inheritance to your children. They're watching us. They're watching you. The way that you live. The way that you persevere. I think more than ever, my, my family and I, we we're in the Word together more than ever before. And as I was on vacation and drinking my wonderful cup of French roast Starbucks, the sun coming up, so hot out, I was in air conditioning, but just enjoying it. And my son came up and crawled into my lap as I was reading the Word. And I thought to myself, isn't it awesome? Because he will remember that. My, my children will remember all the times they come out and see me with my Bible open and me praying and talking to Jesus. And that's an inheritance that they have. They don't even really might not be aware of what a blessing that is to them now, but they'll remember later. You're leaving an inheritance. What kind of inheritance are you leaving? Hello? Are you leaving an inheritance? What kind of inheritance? You're going to leave an inheritance. What kind are you leaving? You say, I don't have any kids. Well, you're affecting somebody. The way that you worship or don't. The way that you encourage people or don't. The way that you pray 
or stone. I believe that this girl, we don't know what happened to her. We know that his daughter got, her daughter got totally set free from severe demonization. There's, there's being demonized and there's severe, different levels of demon oppression and possession and severely demonized. We know that she got set free. I want you to turn to Second Timothy and I'm, I'll end on this note with this focus here of faith as an inheritance for your children. Heidi, can I get you to come to the piano? Is that all right? Second Timothy. Sorry. Second Timothy one five. I've been reminded of your sincere faith. Watch this. Which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice and I am persuaded now lives in you. So he's talking three generations. Wow. So the Apostle Paul writing to his son Timothy says, Huh. Apparently he knew the, the grandmother, Lois, and he knew Eunice, and now he knows Timothy. And he says, Dude, I, I perceive that the faith that your grandmother has was in her mother and her, and her, and her mother. Now it's in you. Wow, what an inheritance. I believe that this mother here, this Syrophoenician mama, she passed on faith to her daughter who got delivered. I think her daughter went on to serve Jesus and get on fire and wreck some nation for God. Now, we, don't, we don't know, but I just believe that's what happened. Each of us will leave an inheritance. Every one of us will leave an inheritance. Tell mothers on this Mother's Day, take a look at your life. You know, when you persevere, when you persevere and you keep keeping on, there's people that are watching. And we don't know what kind of seed that sows, but when you pull yourself up by your bootstrap and then you shondai shuba and put a smile on your face and say, I'm going to serve Him anyway. I'm going to keep doing I'm going to love God though He slay me. It feels like it. I'm going to yet serve Him as Job says. I'm going to keep keeping on no matter what. No matter what. Look, this is an internship, people. You're living an internship. Did the right thing. Fruit will come. You do the right thing. Though it hurts. Can you imagine this lady? Jesus didn't even talk to her. Lord, he's like, talk to the hand. He didn't say anything to her. Answered her not a word. She overcame. She persevered. If we're going to see this next generation raise up, we're, you know, we're going to have to persevere. And this is an internship, like I said. Whatever pain and difficulty you're going through right now, it ain't nothing, man. It's working for you a far exceeding weight of glory, as the Apostle Paul said. Come on. He's teaching you to rule and reign. Hello? Has anybody ever been to boot camp in here? Come on, you're in the spiritual boot camp. Suck it up. Get a hold of yourself. Persevere. Endure. It's gonna, it, God's going to do it. He's going to come through. And, and there's people that are watching you.
You know, Paul and Silas in the midnight hour, they went into the prison, the inner prison. They began to sing psalms and hymns and, 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 and sing and worship God. An earthquake came. All their chains flew off. And all the gates of the prison opened up. That means all the other prisoners that were watching them worship, they got set free too. There's people watching you and I. They're watching me. I want to thank all of the ladies here tonight, those that will listen even later through the podcast, for your sacrifice. It might not have been acknowledged by your children, by your husband, or by family, or by people in ministry. But the Lord sees it. The Lord sees it. And as you continue to persevere and walk in faith, you're going to leave an inheritance. I'll tell you what was awesome. We were in Florida with my my mom and my my stepdad at his 80th birthday party, and my all my brothers came, and all the nieces and nephews came, and to see my mother's face with all her sons up front, weeping and crying before God in His presence, the power of God. And I thought back about that. Can I, just, can I just tell you the story for a second? So, we're in, you know, we're all, we're taking up like, you know, two rows in the front or whatever. They, they give this altar call and my sense was that like, they didn't do altar calls that often. In fact, the pastor said, you know, you know, we do this and I know some people, you know, people don't come, but we're going to do it anyway. And, and so he gave an altar call for, for people to get right with God and, I thought, thank you, Jesus. The message was so custom-tailored for my whole family. I just was standing there. I don't know why I'm always amazed at God, but I always am. I just sat there going, you did it again. You did it again. I'm never, it's never dull to me. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, he spoke. I know he spoke. Like he's been doing it for 20, oh, he's been doing it for generations. We're all amazed. But every time he does it, I just go, whoa, yeah, God, wow, he did it again. And so he did it again. This message was amazing. And the, the pastor gives this altar call. That, I mean, it wasn't, it was an altar call, but it was a little bit unclear, but it was an altar call. I mean, I knew it was. My, my one brother who uh, works a lot, doesn't go to church that often, but I think that's changing. He says to me, it's a little unclear. Is he calling, is he, t- is he telling him, should we go to the front then, if, if we want to? I think, yeah, that's what he's saying. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there, I'm thinking, if, if one of my brothers, or one of my nephews don't move to go up to the front because I know some of them needed to go. You know, I mean, that's all I needed to say. You, know, you don't understand? If they don't go, I'm going to help them. I'm going to encourage them. I'm going to get saved right now. You know what I mean? We get saved again. Hallelujah. Somebody used to, you ever, how long have you been saved? I love what my mother's response to that was. Because it can be a prideful thing. How long have you been saved? I've been saved 20 years. How long have you been saved? <laughs> Somebody would ask your, my, my mother, how, how long have you been saved? My mother says, just today. So thankful today. I gave my heart to the Lord this morning. I was like, oh. <laughs> been seeing you for years. You just got saved today. How I many of you know today, today you got saved again? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, today he spared us. And I thought, I thought if somebody doesn't move out of my family, I'm going. And my nephew responded. 
my nephew responded. I'm, I'm sure I burned tracks where I was because I just moved quickly and get right next to him. And then boom, 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 boom. And my whole family was all up front weeping. And I just thought, this is awesome. I'm shaking in the presence of the Lord, just crying because of God's goodness for my family and all that he's done. And I'm looking at my brothers and my nephews just getting touched by God. And I said, oh, man, I wonder what my mom's doing. I thought, I looked back to look at my mother. I wrecked she got what she was hoping for all her life and prayed for for years to see that my mother is this Canaanite woman <laughs> and I was a severely demonized except I'm not a girl <laughs> I was a severely demonized one and she persevered, man, and she fasted multiple 40-day fasts and 21-day fasts, and she laid it down for me. Hey, Mom, thanks. I love you, Mom. I've wrecked myself now. Jesus, help me. She's leaving an inheritance in my family. I'm going to leave one in mine. Not that I have plans on going anywhere. I believe we'll all get snatched on out of here at the twinkling of an eye. But you're leaving an inheritance. This woman left an inheritance. I want you to look at one more scripture and I'm going to teach you something and we'll close. Exodus 29. 29. 29? 29. Now you will want to turn there and you will want to underline this. In application of leaving an inheritance. I know I have this chapter in my Bible because i got a brand new one. Hallelujah. How many of you like a new Bible? Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. What did I say? Exodus. 29. a divine process taking place. Oh, your mamas. Everybody here, no matter what your age, is a divine process taking place. In our families. I believe this text really grabs it. It says, And the holy garments of Aaron shall be his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated in them. So, talking of Aaron, so let's say I'm Aaron. They would have garments that they used. Priestly robes. And when they were anointed, in fact, you can see the high priestly anointing in Psalm 133, which was the main scripture for us when we went to When we went to uh, Florida, how good and pleasant it is for the brethren to dwell together in unity, for it's their God commands the blessing, right? It's like oil being poured down the head of Aaron. Aaron's the high priest. The high priestly anointing, it would be, oil would be poured on his head and, and down his beard and onto his garments. So what Exodus 29, 29 says is that the high priestly garments will be anointed. Let's read it again. 
The holy garments of Aaron will be his sons after him to be anointed in them and to be consecrated. One more time. The holy garments of Aaron shall be his son. So Daniel, stand up. Standing here. So, how many of you know priests that they were called of God? And, and when Aaron would, would pass and no longer be the high priest, his sons didn't do such a good job. But the picture is that the high priest's son, you know, the family would then take over. And so, literally, the next in line would get the robes of their fathers. So, if I was high priest and I went on to glory, this would no longer be mine. They wouldn't throw it out and they didn't bury the priest in it or anything. They took the garments of the high priest and they then gave it to the next, their sons or daughters in this case. Okay? For New Testament, it's both. And then he would be anointed. They would take oil and again and now anoint him as the high priest but the oil would go down onto the garment that used to be his daddy's. Do you understand? It used to be mine. Now let me ask you a question. If I, if I put oil in this garment, and it has oil on it, do you think that oil stays in the fabric? I mean, they didn't have dry cleaners. you understand what I'm saying? Yes is the answer. Then he gets his own anointing, and it comes also on the... It's a picture of layers of anointing. It's a picture of synergy. Thanks, son. You can keep the jacket. It's a picture of synergy. What do you mean synergy? In a horse pulling contest, I've said this many times before, it's really amazing. In a horse pulling contest in Canada, one horse pulled 7,000 pounds. But the winning horse that year pulled 8,000. Now that's, I'm, I'm not a horseman, my, my, my wife is, but that's a lie. They took both horses and they put them together to see how much they could pull. 7,000 plus 8,000 is. They pulled 21,000 pounds. That's called synergy. If one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put... Well, that, that's Godomatics. That's God's mathematics. That's our mathematics. One can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 2,000. Oh, no. In the, in, in the understanding of synergy, one can put 1,000 to flight, two can put 10,000. That's... When a husband and wife get together and pray and agree, something happens. It couldn't happen if you were praying on your own. When a group of people get together and they pray and they stand and they decree and they declare, something happens that could not happen in your own prayer time. I'll tell you, that's why we take time in our services to pray together because it brings a bigger hammer than you could ever get all by yourself in your own prayer closet. You might not like that, but that's just the way it is. And so here... In Exodus 29.29, it's a picture of synergy. Now, what God is going to do in this house is He's going to cause a great wave of His Spirit to come upon the youth, upon the children. It's coming together even by fall and by the time we move deeply into fall. And I know you don't want to hear about winter. I'm just telling you prophetically, I know that where is this, this ground swells rising. And we're going to see a synergy and an outbreak of God. The school will start and we will see an outpouring of the Spirit that we've never known before. And God has done great things, but the best is yet to come. And in your family, I want you to understand that what you're leaving behind is an inheritance. And the anointing that's upon my children will be much bigger than what's on my wife and I. Why? Because that's what God does. 
That's what He does to a family that will live and, and, and decree and declare and walk. The, the anointing that will be upon your son, Micah, upon your daughter, Chanel, will be far greater than you have. When you have kids, that will be the way that is. No rush. Minister Tim and Heidi, same thing. You can already see it, right? I was talking to my brother and about my nephew. And you'll see him. They're going to come up here. Lucas. I think about how much of God that kid has. And I thought, at 21, I was dumb as a box of rocks. I don't know where you were, man. But I, was, I thought I was all that. And I was, I was so lost. And at 21, this kid knows the Word and loves Jesus. All you mothers and fathers, everybody here, you will leave an inheritance. The way that you live and overcome like this, this lady overcame the fact that she was a female, overcame the fact that she was a Gentile, overcame the fact she came from a long line of idolaters, overcame the fact that she got Canaanite overcame rejection over we can all make excuses a mile long how we can't do it stop faith is enough to turn the battle at the gate and understand and I'll close with this understand and know that it's more than just about your life or your wife or your husband and your family and your kids it's about all the nations and the people we'll touch if we'll just stay obedient and live for God. The trial, the difficulty you're in now, it's more that the war is more than just about your own family. It's about all the lives that we will touch if we overcome and we do what God's called us to do. History books are waiting to be written about a people who will love God with all their hearts. Pass it on from generation to generation. The people of faith. Can you say amen? Praise God. Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, just lift your hands to the Lord and worship Him. Yeah, my, Oh. You're leading us, God, from strength to strength. Lord, I pray that you would make these precious women like Sarah in Hebrews 11. By faith, Sarah herself also received strength to conceive seed. And she bore a child when she was past the age because she judged him faithful who was promised. Lord wants you to receive strength. You're not wore out. Your time's not done. You just started. No matter where you are, receive strength right now. Receive strength right now. The Hebrew word is yakim. Strength to conceive. Strength to move forward and reproduce. To multiply. To see the next generations come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, touch your people now. Touch those in Delta Junction. 
Let them receive strength. I pray, God, for Trent and Amy. Lord, touch them. Bless the entire church. They're all those that are serving. Strength. Give us discernment, Lord, to know the day that we're in. Wisdom to see the role that we're in. Let us not be moved by the temporal things. Let us be moved by faith. Let us be moved by that which is of eternity. Let every decision that we make be ruled by your love. We know that you're a great God. You're a good God. We will persevere. We will not quit. We will endure as you give us strength. We will mount up with wings as eagles. And we will run and not grow weary. And the Lord will go before us. Give us victory. The book of Deuteronomy, I paraphrase, says, When you stand before an army that's exceedingly vast and larger than yours, do not give way to fear. The priest will come before you and pray and know that it is the Lord who fights for you. Victory is assured. Victory is assured. In your marriage, victory is assured in your children. Victory is assured in your life. All we got to do is walk it out. Keep our hearts right. Hallelujah. Come on, just stand and just worship the Lord for a moment. Close. Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. You're worthy. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for our mothers, God, for our wives, the women in our lives. Remarkable gift that we don't always understand, but we know their remarkable gift from you. Bless them, God. If you're standing next to your wife, just lay hands on her. If your husband's doing something else or maybe you don't have one, just pretend he's laying hands on you. And the Lord, just, just bless your families. If your families aren't here, just receive the blessing as I just pray right now. Father, thank you. Thank you for my precious wife, God. Greatest gift next to salvation, Lord, you've given me. Thank you. Help me. Help us as men. Help us to be like you, Jesus. Forgive us for where we're selfish and not sensitive to them. be like Christ to the church. Let us be like that to our wives. So we bless them. 
We rise up and call them blessed. Each and every woman in this place. We thank you and praise you. In the name of Jesus. We want to pray for you. Pray for your families. and Feel free just to slip out if you want to. If you want prayer, we want to invite you just to come right now and we'll pray for you. You want prayer for your families and prayer for your where you're all at, where you're at with God. Just need a touch from the Lord. Just come, Heidi, if you just worship. We're going to pray for these. Minister to you. Pastor Karen, would you help me, please? We love you. For those of you that are slipping out, God bless you. We hope to see you Tuesday night.